This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, so I'm going to continue with our series we've been doing. He who overcomes is the fifth message. You can get the previous ones online. We're going through the uh, book of Revelations, specifically the seven prophecies that or words that Jesus spoke to the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos, uh, that he spoke to specific churches. So this morning we're going to look at the, the church, um, the lukewarm church. So uh, I want to share with you, a flame or fizzled out, which are you? A flame or fizzled out? And I was, I was considering my own journey. I grew up in a traditional church. And I committed my life to Jesus twice uh, in high school. And I remember, I was probably at a camp or something, and I committed my life to Jesus. I prayed the sinner's prayer, and I, I, I remember feeling different. I remember like the Monday and Tuesday, I, I honestly felt different after praying those, that prayer of committing my life to Jesus. Like the lights flickered on, and then it flickered out. It fizzled out. I found myself back in my old ways, going, just doing the same old, same old, you know. And then in my first year at university, second term, first year, or around that time, I, I was part of a Bible study. So I would go to church every now and again. But if you look at my lifestyle, it didn't look very Christian. But if you would compare me to the other guys around me that would also go into church with me, I'm, I'm okay. Because <laughs> the rest are doing the same. You, know, you get drunk on Saturday night. And then you go to church, Sunday evening, not the morning, the evening. <laughs> so, and, and I remember I, I was part of this Bible study, that we, was part of the traditional church. And I remember standing in the passageway and the, the one, the leader of the group, he, he actually asked me at some point, so how's your relationship with God? And, and I remember saying to him, um, some sort of like saying, talking about the, the, the big guy up there, you know, the old guy, you know, um, saying, ah, no, I don't think things aren't so, so great, you know. And I, I remember turning around and walking away, just sort of thinking to myself, I need to sort this out at some point, but, you know, I'm a good person. I'm not a bad person. I'm a, I'm a good guy, like the other guys, you know, just one of the guys. And, and, and so I sort of ignored that, but I knew that God was, God was knocking on the door of my heart. He was saying, Andre. And I thought... I was fine because I was going to church every now and again, and I was just, you know, I, I, I didn't do drugs too often, only every now and again, you know. So, um, and but but my perspective was I'm okay. And then I, I a few months later or a month later, I had an encounter with Jesus, and it's like the lights came on, and I realized. In what bad state I actually was. I didn't know. I didn't know that if I would have died in that state, my previous state, I would have been lost. I didn't have a, a living relationship with Jesus. And I think there's so many of us in, the, in, in our country that think we are okay because we're going to church every now and again. And, and, and it's not that bad. You know, I'm not that bad. Like those murderers, you know, I'm not that bad. And then we think we're fine, and we're actually missing God coming to knock on our hearts. So Jesus speaks this um, 
Let me take to Revelation verses 20 to 22. So there's a passage from verse 14 to verses 22. I'm going to start at the end, and I'm going to take us to the front and take us down again. But I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you love the truth? Do you love the truth? Will you do whatever truth demands? Will you go wherever the evidence leads you? Because that's ultimately the question. If you, if you truly love the truth, you will follow it. And so this morning I'm going to, I was like, I, I forgot how direct and straight Jesus speaks. So I'm going to take us through the way Jesus spoke to this church and he said, guys, everything isn't in order, you know. So, uh, so it's going to be like a bit of a mirror, a spiritual mirror to ourselves to evaluate, hey, am I aflame or am I fizzled out? Am I on fire for God or am I, am I losing the fire? Okay, so we're going to evaluate. Let's look at verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. That overcoming speaks about overcoming the lukewarmness, the having fizzled out. The overcoming is to have the fire, the passion of God in our hearts. The one who overcomes will be granted to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So listen, you have to listen with, the, with your heart. You have to hear what the Word of God is saying and the Spirit of God is saying. Otherwise, you're going to miss this. So Jesus is standing at the door and he is knocking right now at every one of us. Your house, your home. He's standing at the door and he's knocking. He's saying, hey, love to come in and help. I'd love to come in and give you back your peace and your joy. And, and he's standing at our, our businesses and he's knocking there and he's saying, hey, I'd love to come and just carry those burdens, that stress, all the stuff you're carrying on, on yourself. Oh, I'd love to come and help you with that. He's standing at our schools and he's saying, I would love to come in and, and, and heal and restore broken lives. I, I am so ready. Jesus is standing at the door and he is knocking. Are you hearing? Are you hearing that knocking? And he, he's basically saying, I'm your only hope. I am life. I am love. I am light. And I want to flood into your life. I want to bless you. And I, I, I saw this picture in my mind's eye of Jesus standing outside the door. And he has fire in his hands. Like a flame of fire. And he's saying, I want to bring, I want to come and bring a passion and a power into your life that will transform you. That's what he wants to do. But the question is, are we, are we hearing? Because you see, I believe there's a, the spirit of this world is like your friend, your buddy, your good buddy. And you really have a soft spot for him, but you know he's actually not his bad news. Who's ever had a buddy like that? <laughs> you have a soft spot for him, but it tends to get you into trouble. Now, same scenario. Jesus is knocking at the door. You Maybe you're sitting in front of the TV on the couch, and, uh, and your, your buddy hears the knocking on the door, but he's the spirit of this world. He doesn't want you to hear that voice. So he's like, the moment he hears the knocking, he's like, <coughs> he's coughing. <coughs> Can I have the remote? Turns up the volume. 
Yes, awesome. Yo, and the knocking is just getting a little bit louder and louder. So at some point he says to you, I want to show you something on the other side of the house. Let's, <laughs> let's go over there. Oh, have you seen this portrait before? Just look at that. Yeah, yeah, wonderful, you know. And, and I believe that's how the, the spirit of this world is continually trying to distract us and to, to look the other way, to miss the knocking of Jesus on the, on the doors of our hearts. You see, Jesus every day is knocking. It's not about, this is not a once-off, I gave my life to Jesus. This is a daily, Jesus, I'm hearing you, and I'm opening the door. Come in. Come and, come and stir, come and kindle that fire, that passion, that fervent, passionate love on the inside of me. Jesus, come in. Are you, are you hearing? Are you hearing the, the voice of God coming to speak to you? You see, the original Christians, the original disciples, I mean, that is our standard. If you go read the book of Acts, they were on fire for God. They were like, Jesus, whatever you want. We'll give it. We'll go through persecution. We'll go through trials. We'll do great sacrifices. Jesus, we'll follow you wherever. That is the original deal. But I think when religion, you know, and that's often how I think our churches start and church groups start. They start off on fire 100 years ago, 300 years ago. They start off passionate. And then over time, it, it fizzles. And then what happens is we reduce the standard of real Christianity. We reduce it to, like it was for me when I was at varsity. But the other guys are also drinking, also getting drunk. We're all in church together on the Sunday. So I'm, I'm not that bad. And then what happens? We look at the guys that are on fire, like, Jesus. And like, yo, you need to become a pastor. There's really something on your life. <laughs> Is that supposed to be like that? No. We've reduced the original standard to fit our religious mindset or mold. And that religious mindset or mold, it, it, it lacks passion. It lacks power. It lacks fire. So where are you at? Are you aflame or are you fizzling? Or have you fizzling, already fizzled out? So I want to... Take us through some of that, those scriptures. My, but my first encounter, because again, it's about I, the more I speak to people, the more I, I, I realize that, that people operate according to their frame of reference. So maybe you've gone to uh, uh, maybe more a traditional church for your whole life. So you will have, like me, I had no grid for the power of the Holy Spirit. I had no frame of reference. I had no idea. So then I went to this other church. In Stellenbosch, that wasn't my traditional church, show, show something. And, and, and I was terrified because this is a different church. And I remember standing, uh, I responded on the altar call, the end, the pastor said, who wants to commit their lives to Christ? I came forward and I was standing there and then this guy prayed for me, Louis Els. He's a pastor in Jeffreys Bay. He was ministering there that week. And he prayed for me and I experienced fire coursing through my body. Like literally. I felt fire coursing through my body like a touch from heaven. And I was like, what is this? This is awesome, but what is this? And, and, and I realized that until you've experienced an encounter with Jesus, you just don't have a grid for the full, for the true, the real deal. And from there, the Lord started to kindle that fire in my heart. And, and, and I, I had to keep on 
sort of stirring that fire on the inside of me, that passion for God, and, and over time, every day, pursuing God and, and walking with God to, to keep that fire aflame and to have more of that. So there was a, a young man, I don't think he's here today, his name is David. He came to our encounter one a few weeks ago, and he told me, He's like, yeah, I don't know about this thing. You know, he went to a church here in town about 10 years ago. I think he's 24 now, was when he was 14. And he said the pastor tried to push him over, you know, fall, fall. So he was like, this is so fake. I am so over Christianity. This is all a load of rubbish. So for 10 years, he did not, he, he, just, he was just anti. So now he... His girlfriend coming to church, and so he came in. Wonderful, that encounter with God, encounter one. And on the Sunday night, they were baptized there, over there in that. So he was baptized, and at the end of the of the of the service, he I was standing next to him, and he said to me, "No, I have to, I have to go figure this out now." I'm like, "Oh my word, did something bad happen? Or something? What's wrong?" So he said to me, "No, he came out of the water. They pray. We had an epic Sunday evening service. He came out of the water. They stood there. Some people prayed for him, and he said, without anybody." Pushing him or anything, he felt he felt fire coursing down his body and then up his body and then he just clapped out and he was on the floor. And he said it was awesome. It was awesome, you know. And his life has been radically shifted through one encounter. He encountered the fire. The fire is God, the Holy Spirit. But you, you, you won't have a grid until you, you have to obviously go to the scripture and see it's in the Bible. And then you have to say, God, I want to encounter more of you. Because that's when you get changed. That's when you get a new grid. But our, 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 our standard has become dry, boring, lifeless religion. That's the standard. And I, and that's not biblical. That's not God's heart. That's not God's will. He, Go read the book of Acts. When the fire of God, it came down like a tornado. Fire on every head. Thousands turning to Christ. The whole city was turned upside down. I mean, it was wild. Our God is real and He's powerful. My question to you is, have you experienced a God encounter? Have you experienced a God encounter? Because religion has reduced Christianity to a few nice ideas and a nice chat on a Sunday. And singing a few songs, and I'm like, no, that's not what my Bible says. Let's not reduce it. Let's upgrade it back to where it should be. Amen. Look at this, Matthew 3, verse 11. It says, this is John the Baptist. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He's speaking about Jesus. He said, Jesus is coming. The Messiah is coming. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now that fire will produce a passion on the inside of you at the very least. It changes you. It changes you. And we and, and, and I realize this is sometimes our challenge is we want to stay in control. We want to like, um, yeah, I want to go to heaven. So I'm going to like do it like I want to do it quite neatly. And I want to be sort of in control the whole time, you know. So, Jesus, you can have that little bit over there. And, uh, and, and that's about it for many. And you are missing out. You are missing out. So what voices are we hearing? You know, um, I, I, I realize with um, Matthew 3 verse 11, it's, it speaks about both passion and power. In other words, it's not powerless passion. It's not mere emotionalism. Or fake emotionalism. That's not what we're talking about. 
We're talking about the real deal. There is a, a passion, a fire on the inside of you that you persuaded that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's alive. He's powerful. He, he died for my sins. This is, this is mind-blowing stuff. And I can give the cure to every other person that, that's around me. I mean, when it gets real, when you know it's real, you want to tell everybody. Passion. But it's also not, I, I don't know how you can re- encounter the power of God and not have passion. It might not look like my passion, but there should be a, a, a passion on the inside, a love that burns for the living God. Is that fire burning on the inside of you? So it says also that in, the, in the first verse I shared, it said, Jesus said, um, he's knocking on the door. And it says, he, he who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. I will enter in. What voices are you hearing? Because I know where this, this buddy, the world, spirit of the world, this friend of yours that gets you into trouble, he tends to talk to us. He says things like, you are not good enough. You're not good enough. You can't go to church. Look at your life. You're a mess. Look at your house. Jesus is going to be so upset when he looks at this mess in your house. He's going to be upset. No, no, actually, Jesus comes and he sort of sorts out your house. He comes and puts the furniture back in place and he heals your heart and he restores you. He comes and helps. And then what people sometimes also say is, especially when they might hear what I'm sharing this morning, they would say, but I have my church. I also had my church. And then I encountered Jesus. <laughs> and then I followed him wherever he led so sometimes we, we hold on to that thing. Maar ek het my kerk, man. En vrachtdag, ons doen het nie soos hierdie nie. We don't do it like this. It's nice. We sit, we look at one another, and everybody leaves without being changed. No, there's more. There's more. Aren't you tired of having a religion that is powerless? Aren't you? Are you, are you okay with having a religion where Jesus never shows up? <laughs> and you speak to your imaginary friend, but you never see your prayers answered. You never see lives changed. You never encounter his love and his goodness. Are you fine with that? I'm like, no, that sucks. There's more. But you have to, this is the challenge. When you encounter the truth, you have to say, but I'm going to follow the truth. Wherever that might lead you. Follow Jesus. And I'm not saying join our church. I'm just saying follow Jesus. Don't settle for a boring, powerless existence where Jesus hardly ever shows up. So how do you open the door? You pray. You say, Jesus, I need you. Man, I'm so tired of this powerless, empty, religious, dry experience. I want fire. I want passion. I want to be on fire for you. I want to encounter you. I want to hear your voice. I want to see lives change. I want to see the Bible becoming our living reality. Amen? Why not? Why not? I felt, I felt God has been speaking to me about He wants the Bible, the book of Acts, to become our living reality once again. But for that to happen, we need to catch fire. We need to acknowledge when we don't have the fire and we say, Jesus, please come in. Come and help. I am so dry. Or I've, I've, I've fizzled out. I'm, I fizzled out. Jesus, I need you. And so daily fire. Every day you need to open that door. Every day you need to say, Jesus, come in. 
Every day, every morning, you prioritize him. Say, God, come and light the fire again. You get into his word, into pray, into worship. God, every day, come and light the fire. God, I don't want to fizzle out. I don't want to fizzle out. I want your fire on the inside because that is when you come alive. That's when life means something. Otherwise, it's just existence. But again, if you have never experienced this, you must take my word for it. Okay, so let's look at the first verses there. Revelation 3. Verse 14 to 15, I'm from the start of that passage. It says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He says, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So he starts off there saying, Who is Jesus? He's the Amen. Come on, say Amen. Why do we say amen or amen at the, at the end of our prayers? Because we're saying, Lord, everything that I prayed, let it be. Let it be. Let it come to pass. Let it become my living reality. And Jesus is saying, I am the amen. I am the one that causes my word to become a living reality in your life. I am the amen. And then he goes on and says, I'm the faithful and the true witness. Faithful and true. So he's Jesus saying, when I tell you something, you can trust and it's the truth. I often say this, two plus two equals five, six, 28. Two plus two equals four. But when it comes to spiritual things, how do we, how do we work this? Two plus two might be four for you, but it's not for me. We get fuzzy and confused when it comes to spiritual things. We don't see truth as truth. It's like, if it works for you, awesome, man, but it doesn't work for me. No, no, the question is, what does the Bible say? What does God's word say to us? Two plus two equals four. Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He says, I am the only way. No other ways. No other ways. And he says, I'm the faithful, true witness. And then he goes on. And he says, I know your works. In other words, he's saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm checking your lifestyle. Am I seeing fire? I'm checking your lifestyle. I'm looking at how you pray. I'm looking at how you worship. I'm looking at how you live your life. What, I'm, what, what is Jesus seeing? Does your lifestyle reveal that there's fire in your life? That there's a passion in your life? Does it reveal that? Because Jesus is saying, yeah, I'm checking out your life. And guys, this church, lukewarm. This is what he's saying to this church that he's, 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 he's writing this to Lukewarm. It's like, you're not on fire. You're not completely cold. You only do drugs once a month, you know, type of thing. <laughs> not every day. Some people think that. You know, I don't, I don't get drunk every night, only every now and again. So I'm, I'm okay. But how's your lifestyle? Is there a fire? Is there a passion revealing that there is a love for God? Because the truth is, if we look at this verse, and you'll see in the next verse that it's, it's a horrific verse. It's a convicting verse. I'm reminded of a vision John Bevere had in the 1980s. He said this is defining his ministry. He said he had a vision where he saw heaven. And one day, everybody standing before, um, before the, the pearly gates, about to go into, into the, the gates. And he says nine. And they were all excited. They were Christians. They were like, woo, we're going to into heaven. We're going to meet, be with Jesus. This is awesome. And then he said in the vision that God revealed to him, eight out of the ten people were turned away. They did not go into heaven. They were lost. They were, they, they were sent into eternal damnation. 
And he said he defined his whole life and his ministry as about this one thing. He is a missionary to the church to reveal what God's word actually says. To not reduce the standard to, well, I'm okay compared to my other buddies. No, the question is, are you okay according to God's word? Are, 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 is there a fire burning in your heart that reveals a true conversion on the inside? Now, don't fight with me. Go fight with Jesus if you don't like what I'm saying. Would you, would you want to know the truth now? Or would you want to find it out one day when you stand before God on judgment day? What would you like? Now. Are we going to reduce God's word to what fits our understanding? Or are we going to say, God, you're the true witness, Jesus. When you speak, it is so. And I need to stand in front of this mirror and I need to evaluate my heart saying, am I on fire for Jesus? Am I passionately in love with God? Because if I fizzle out beyond a certain point, you're in trouble. That's the truth. And if I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm going to say, God, there's no blood on my hands. Because I've, I've told them. I've shared your word, Jesus. But we need to decide, are we going to hear God's word? Or are we going to ignore it? And say, no, I get my kerk. My kerk I have my church. My church doesn't say this. Well, your church should be saying this if they're reading the Bible. Amen. Verse 16. It says, so then... Because you are lukewarm, you're not hot, but you're also not cold. What, what does it mean? That it says, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And I'm like, Jesus, you, it's rough. <laughs> I also want to stand away from that scripture for a moment. Jesus, why? Why are you saying this? Is it because you're lukewarm? Because you're sort of there in between. You, you, enough cold in you to fit with the world and an, enough little bit of heat to fit with the Christians. You have the lingo, but you, you're lukewarm. And I think what, what Jesus is trying to say is, is he's revealing there what is the definition of what, what is needed for true salvation. You need to be on fire. You need to be passionately on fire. For Jesus. That is the norm according to this verse and other verses as well. But he's basically saying the half hearted, the lukewarm, one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom, it simply doesn't work. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all. And I'm preaching to myself saying, Andre, whew, come on, let's stand in front of this mirror, evaluate your life. Are you a hypocrite? Are you showing something to the people, but behind the scenes, it's looking different? What is God seeing? What, what are the works that he's seeing? Am I a true reflection of, 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 of salvation on the inside, or am I faking it? Am I a hypocrite? Am I religious? Am I just an external, I'm looking Christian today, but there's no real love for God? Yeah, I know, it's tough. And some of us are probably saying, oh, man, I, I hope my wife's listening. <laughs> or my husband is listening, or, or that other guy is listening. No, I must listen. I'm preaching to myself. The Word of God is always for ourselves first. It's like, I need to come and look in the mirror, and I need to evaluate my life. Am I, are, are things in order? That's the question we need to evaluate. Amen. So he's basically saying, vomit out or spit out. You're not part of my body. I think Jesus would be saying to some of us, you offend me in your smug, know-it-all attitude. Huh? 
I've sat with people, I'm like, oh my word. How can you be so smug, know it all, but you don't know. You haven't encountered Christ. You haven't humbled yourself. You haven't opened the door. How can you sit there and think you know? No, you don't. For some of us, he would say, you resist my Holy Spirit. You resist my voice. You sit on the sideline judging those who are on fire for me, and you're not open to repent or to turn. I call you to repent. I call you to turn. I call you to humble yourself before the King of heaven and earth. Every one of us need to evaluate ourselves. Am I? Do I have the fire? And then verse 17, it says, because you say, now this is where it comes, like it's the scripture reveals that you can think you're fine with Jesus, but you're not. He says, because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That, that's your spiritual state. You don't realize that you, you're not cutting it. You don't realize that you don't have the joy of the Lord. You don't realize you're actually poor, although you have a lot of stuff, maybe physically. You don't realize you're blind. You don't realize that you're actually not clothed with His presence and His goodness. I was like that. And we need to acknowledge that. We're falling short of God's standards, and we're not seeing it. And God wants to come and give us eyes to see today, to evaluate ourselves and if you're on fire for the Messiah, hallelujah. If you're fizzling, come on, let's up the game. And you have no fire. How about making right with Jesus today? We will be evaluated on his word, not on man's opinion. Not on church culture. Not on religion. So fizzling out, how do, how do we lose the fire? Just very shortly, ending off now in a moment. Four things that we can evaluate ourselves what what causes us to lose the fire the first one is distracted when we're simply just too busy with too many things and i I feel like if you're distracted you're just too busy i think i believe god is saying just stop look in the mirror and evaluate your life you can't be too distracted you can't be too busy for this. this is massive secondly we might just ignore his voice, when we ignore his voice, otherwise he comes and he knocks on the door, he comes and tugs on our hearts and says, hey, I want to spend some time with you. Hey, I want to do this in your life. But you're like, ah, not now. I am sorting out some stuff. So ignoring his voice second, is the second reason why we might fizzle out or lose the fire. Thirdly, not opening the door. You are not spending daily time with him, giving time to him, giving time to him, giving time to him. Do you know what's going to happen? You're going to fizzle out. And then fourthly, I already mentioned this, but low standards. Low standards. Like I said, we look at the people around us and we say, that's the standard of salvation. And man, I'm okay. We shouldn't lower our standards. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. And the fruit of that forgiveness is a deep love and passion for Jesus. Amen. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. And the fruit of that forgiveness is a deep love and passion for Jesus Christ. And this is Jesus' words. The last few verses there, verse 18 to 19, he says, basically, I counsel you to buy from me. In other words, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. It's going to be a moment where you might need to humble yourself and say, Andre, my, my, my stuff's not okay. Everything's not in order. I, I, I don't even. I, I haven't just fizzled out. I never had fire. Please, would you pray with me? That's what you need to do. Like I did 23 years ago, where I made a decision to say I want to follow Jesus. Or you know, 
Um, he says, they, they, they give, give, give us new garments, remove our shame, etc. Verse 19, he says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. I love you so much, I'm going to tell you the truth. Therefore, be zealous, catch fire, and turn. It's like a loving dad that sits with his, his son. His son is studying, maybe he's a student, first year, second year student, varsity. Dad sits middle of the year, sits with his, with his son, and he says, I'm looking at your report. Is this what I'm paying for? If you continue on this path at the end of this year, you will flunk. Hmm? Loving dad. Isn't that what a loving dad would do? I'm checking your report. <laughs> I'm looking at your marks. It's not looking good. I love you, my boy. Please. And man. Do you have any idea what university fees are right now? (laughs) And I believe Jesus is saying the same to us. I'm, I'm checking your scorecard. I'm checking your works. I'm checking your heart. I'm checking the way you are living. If you stay on track, and I'm seeing you fizzling even more. If you stay on this path, you're not going to make it. I love you. And do you have any idea what it cost me? To die for you on the cross. Do you have any idea? The price I've paid for you. The hell I went through. So that you can have heaven. So turn. My son. My daughter. I love you. But evaluate yourself. And do something about it. I'm standing at the door. And I'm knocking. He who hears my voice. And opens. I will come into him. And I will dine with him. In other words. I will bring a feast of blessing to you. I'm going to bring the party. It's going to be amazing. But you need to hear. And you need to open the door. So that he can bring the fire. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.